Blog Talk Radio. I stroll through the pictures What I've left behind You want again I'm locked up in memories They all intertwine The memories living In my mind I know tomorrow Cause that dawn will come You will never know Just what you've done Good evening and welcome to Stop Child Abuse Now show. And this is scan 3304. That's 3304. I'm Carol Levine, the Vice President of NASCA. And I'm here tonight with uh, my co host, that's Lori Purcell. And also Philip is here. And I'm always glad to have people call in. So if you want to call in for this show, it's going to be a very heavy one. I'm going to warn you ahead of time. It's uh, 646-595-2118. That's 646-595-2118. What you have to do is just call in. If you just want to listen, that's fine. And if you don't want to just listen, you want to be a part of the panel or whatever, you hit the number one, and I'll bring you on. Okay. Um, I'm going to read the mission statement in a second. But before I get to the mission statement, first of all, Michelle can't be here tonight, I don't believe, because someone was rushed to the uh, hospital and her family, and um, she's with them. Okay, we'll just leave it at that. She says, I'm going to try to call in. And I said, listen here, you take care of family first. That's what you do, because we're not going anywhere, all right? So, um, but anyway, I hope she can, but if she can't, I get it. Um, so let me read the mission statement, and then I'll talk a little bit about what we're going to speak about tonight. Um, this is our mission statement. We have a singleness of purpose at NASCA, and that is to address issues related to childhood abuse and trauma, including sexual assault, violent or physical abuse, emotional traumas, and neglect. And we do so two different ways. Number one is educating the public especially as related to getting society over the taboo of discussing childhood sexual abuse, presenting the facts that show child abuse to be a pandemic worldwide problem that affects everyone, and it does. Those kids you see out on the street, honey, what kind of homes do you think they come from? Think about it. I know what kind of home I came from. All right, number two, offering hope for healing through numerous pairs and providing many services to adult survivors of child abuse and information for anyone interested in the many issues involving prevention, intervention, and recovery. I speak a lot about prevention because I really think that if the parents, they, they have to do a better job, especially in today's world that we're living in, okay? Um, too many kids are getting kidnapped and, and taken off the God knows where. 
Um, luckily, the little three-year-old with the Amber Alert that I was going to mention tonight was found, is fine. He was gone for days, and I'm sure that his family went nuts, okay? I'll find out more about that later on. I'm hoping that the person that took him is in jail. But we have children that are being taken right under our noses. They're being trafficked out, or they're actually, you know, being used for organ donations. (laughs) They kill them, and they take the organs. We have unscrupulous people like the black market, and then also, too, um, hospitals that aren't so much on the up and up. Maybe they need a heart, maybe they need a kidney, maybe they need something else, whatever. And there's an opportunity, and there goes that kid. could be any age, any sex. It doesn't matter, okay? And uh, and then you have um, all the domestic violence that's going on in the home where children are actually, you know, watching all of this fighting between mommy and daddy, the ones that they look up to, the ones that they look to for guidance, the ones that they, um, you know, that they need in their lives, very much need in their lives. It's a well-known fact that single-family homes where there's only one parent, um, usually many times, not usually, but many times, the kids can go, you know, I hate saying bad, but they get into trouble. Let's put it that way, one way or another. Need to have both parents. Each one plays a role, Okay. And it's a very important role. It helps shape their lives, shape the lives of the children, okay? But what we're going to talk about tonight um, is something that was brought to my attention, um, I don't know, I think maybe a year ago, a year and a half ago. And I sort of like, yeah, well, I'll look it up because I do a tremendous amount of research and I thought maybe, you know, I might get to it. But then life gets in the way, doesn't it? So um, I decided to look it up yesterday. And what I found, I didn't like, (laughs) okay? So what I'm going to do is share it with you because this is something that we as a society, you know, we as people, um, we have to start, you know, taking care, better care of ourselves, better care of our children if we can, um, all this other stuff, and we have to be a little bit more alert. Now I'm going to talk about the Internet because, quite frankly, there's so many things on the Internet I'm guilty of going all over the Internet, of course, and with my research, I'm going to do that anyway. But, but I mean, just, you know, looking for things of interest, whatever. We all are. We do it. And uh, But then you have people, you know, like the kids, the kids. You have to worry about the kids. You leave the kids alone with the Internet for too long a period of time. They can go into chat rooms, different platforms, different areas, and uh, they can get into trouble that way. They can actually get into trouble in the sense where what they have are the, the sextorian people that come after them. What is that? Uh, sex, sexting blackmail. That's what it turns into. We have 19 states in our country that are very, very guilty of this. They're looking for kids in their teens. They don't want girls. They want boys. Okay, and to explain it quickly before I get into it, what they do is uh, they'll have, uh, you know, this kid will go onto a site and he'll start chatting, you know, with some pretty girl, and um, the, the girl will say, hey, you know, let's get a little closer, you know, whatever, and maybe he'll go on three nights in a row, and before you know, 
he is showing and exposing uh, different parts of his body. And, um, of course, she is acting like uh, she's a very good at what she does. She's a charmer. She makes him feel important. She makes him feel like, wow, you're really, you know, you've got what it takes. I'm not going to get too explicit here, but you know what I'm saying here. Um, so, you know, she flatters. There's a lot of flirting and flattering going on on, on both parts, okay, on both sides. Well, what she's actually doing is working for a ring of people. And these ring of people are all over the United States, 19 states. Mexico is the worst. California is pretty bad. There's others, too. I'm not going to go over the list because that's going to take too much time. I have an hour and a half to go through four pages of uh, things that I found and, and jotted down. But I can tell you this. Parents have to really learn the Internet better. And they have to really talk to their children and watch what they're doing online. For instance, when my granddaughter was 11 years old, I happened to go up to her bedroom to say, hey, come down and spend some time with Nana. So I went in there. She had a few little girlfriends in there, and they were giggling and all kinds of stuff, and they were looking at the computer. Well, there was a 17-year-old girl on there, which seemed a little odd because what does she want with 11-year-old kids? Makes no sense. And then there was someone who actually told his age as being 45. And that really infuriated me, okay? I'm a survivor, just like most of the people, all the people just about on NASCAR are survivors. So I had to have a little talk with my, my granddaughter and her friends and explain to them that there are bad people that go online. And once I was done with them, I had her speak to Bill also. Not on, that sh- not on a particular show, but I caught her one night, and I said, hey, 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 I want you to say, to say hello to Bill. And I had told him ahead of time that I wanted him to speak to her also. So by the time we both got through with her, she knew where to go on the Internet and where not to go on the Internet, and why. See, that's always something the kids always say, even going way back to the age of three. You tell a kid not to do something, don't just say, because I told you so, not good enough. Kids have brains, all right? They want to know why you're angry with them, or why something's dangerous. And then they have a better understanding, And there's no hard feelings between parent and and child, okay? So that's a better way to handle that. Now, what I'm going to talk about tonight, excuse me, I always have my throat that I have to clear. (laughs) Um, I have four pages here of information. Oops, five, okay, whatever. And what this is, is called sexting blackmail. And this is for the United States. So what happens is they have, like I said, a pretty girl and a guy is on the, you know, a teenager is on there and he's looking around and she, he ends up showing his private parts before, you know, in, in a few days' time. And then what does that girl do? She's a part of the brain. So she says to that individual, all right, I want $1,000. I want you to send it to this address. 
or the information that we have about you so far is going to be used. Your friends are going to see it on the Internet. Your parents are certainly going to find out about it. And wherever else we feel like putting it, we'll put it. Well, the kid panics. Who wouldn't? That's scary. All right? And she's a little bit older than the way she appears, and she's well-trained. So what happens is the kid comes up with the money somehow, okay, or he'll offer less, and she'll say, no, no, you, I told you a certain amount. Now you come up with the amount that I told you, or this is what's going to happen, as I said. So somehow the kid gets the money. You might even get one that will say $5,000, especially if there is a lot of things being shown to this person, a video sent, pictures taken, all kinds of stuff. Now, this is very dangerous. First of all, don't yell at them. If your kids feel close enough to you to say, hey, this is what happened, for God's sake, listen to them. Let them know that you are sorry for this happening to them and they are a victim of a crime. Now, I want you to know this comes from the FBI and also Missing Exploited Children and other sites. That's where I go. I go to all the pros, okay? Don't yell at them. They're already feeling embarrassed and they're scared, and rightfully so. Parents should call the FBI and report it. It's a 1-800-CALL-FBI. Or you can also report it online at tips, T-I-P-S, dot F-B-I, dot gov. All right. Now, that's important because the sooner you get these monsters, and I'm going to call them monsters who prey on children, and they like children anywhere from 12 years old up, okay, up to 17 and so the parents have to keep in mind that they are just children, and they didn't know what in the name of God they were getting into, okay? They just simply were getting a lot of attention and being told, well, how handsome you are. Remember, they want boys, okay? So it says here, sextortion is when someone coerces you to send explicit videos or photos online to them giving them more explicit images, or actually meets in person. That's very rare, by the way, because they don't want to get caught. But if they can see if a kid is really scared, they'll meet with them maybe at the mall or something. It can happen. Sextortionists, okay, record and preserve online chats and videos. They also may visit public social media profiles to find out more about, you know, the victim. And that's what these kids are, they're victims. Um, the combining through friends lists, they go on to friends lists and, and other personal information that may harm the victim's reputation. So someone asked, do you ignore these people? No, you don't ignore them, and I'll tell you why. Do not ignore the sextortionist people because it may make them more aggressive and divulge what they already know about you. 
So the best thing to do is then you darn well better go and get help. Okay. You report it. According to the FBI, alerts as of April 2023, the FBI had reported an increase from victims. So they are starting to report it. I have a terrible story to tell you in a minute. That images or videos that were actually fake, in other words, that maybe maybe the kid was a little bit not quite as aggressive as, as giving them what they wanted. They want to need a little bit of fill-in, so they'll use somebody else, they'll turn their back, and you don't know the difference that it's the person or not. But to make the videos and what they're going to take out there and put online unless you give them everything and anything that they want, okay? So what they do is they do that and then gathered from the victims what they already have, the social media sites or web posting, which is provided to the malicious actor. They call them the actors. I call them the monsters upon request or discovered through video chats. You see, video chats and all these other things, you have to be careful what you're saying. You have to be careful what you're doing. Don't be lewd and crude because it's going to come back and bite you. Okay, it's as simple as that. And in a case with these poor teenagers, and I'm going to say poor teenagers, maybe they're kids that don't have many friends, or maybe they're um, a young man, a young, young kid, you know, like 16, 17 years old, who wants desperately to find a girlfriend. Well, if someone starts giving him or, you know, attention online, that's exactly what he wants, and that's how these things happen. And then what do they do? They tell the kid, I want $500 right now. kid might be able to come with $500, maybe. Gives them an address that has to be sent there. Or maybe they'll have a special person pick it up, okay? They might even be disguised, whatever. Not come to their house, a meeting place, always a meeting place, because don't forget, they don't want to get caught. Uh, who are more likely to be victims? Kids mostly from the ages of 14 to 17. 12 is all right, too, but they really prefer 14 to 17. Those kids who stay up late at night when the parents are sleeping or the people in the house are sleeping, they have their privacy, so they can do what is expected of them, and that is to show their private parts, okay? Many times they're the ones that are going to be staying in their bedroom. Well, they're not going to go in the bathroom and do that. <laughs> I can see that. They're in the bedroom. They're scrolling their phone or gaming. They're in gaming rooms or there are other sites that kids go into. It can't happen to anyone, but the teens are the targets. Again, this is information from June 8, 23, very current. There was a case just recently of a 17-year-old boy, he was a 17-year-old Boy Scout, straight-A student who committed suicide because he could not come up with demanded money. They demanded $5,000 from this child because that's what you are when you're 17. You go to bed, you're 17. You wake up, you're 18 the next day. You're still a kid, Sorry. Anyway, they demanded 5000 He only had $150 as they demanded more. He took his own life. 
he committed suicide. So I thought to myself, how many kids commit suicide for reasons like this? How many? They're finding out more and more that kids who go on to, you know, the Internet, and they're not being, you know, watched, and their parents don't know enough about the Internet and and the things that can happen, Um, and then they get into these situations. I mean, just think about what's going through their minds. Oh, my God, I did this and I did that. And if I don't come up with the money, it's going to be all over the web. It's going to be everywhere. And God knows that where else. Then they think, are they going to come after me? Are they going to come after my family? Because they will threaten them. If you don't give me what I want, I'm going to find you. Now, when you are under situation and stress like that, think about what you were like when you were when you're 14, 15, 16, 17 years old. Think about those words. And think about the threats that they give, that everyone's going to see what you're made of in plain English, okay? It's going to be everywhere, everywhere. Yeah, that's enough to scare the heck out of a kid. It says, what happens in sextortion? This is unfortunately not uncommon. A stranger direct messaging or or teen on social media or gaming and platforms and starts a conversation, flattery or flirting, becomes by a, a coming from a young pretty girl. Finally, she asks him to turn on his camera, see, turn on his camera, and send explicit photos of himself. When he sends it, she tells him he is going to be exposed to all of his family, his friends, unless he gives her, and she might come up with a number of 500, 1,000, or as high as 5,000, like that poor boy who committed suicide, because he certainly couldn't come up with $5,000, could he? Okay? So this is the type of things that are going on in the Internet. Now, the FBI is very much aware of it, and one good thing, one good thing that I can say is that if a person, this ring, because there's many rings, not just one ring, there's many rings, but if a ring gets caught, they do go to jail and they do stay there for a very long time, okay? Because you cannot threaten kids like that and you get away with it. And because of the embarrassment that this poor child felt, because that's what you are when you're 17, he committed suicide. Now, at that point, there are four things he could do. He pays attention to the extortion and the fees and hopes he can avert the crisis. Well, if he's a wealthy kid, maybe he can for a while or has a way of getting money, whatever. Okay, that's number one. Number two, he unplugs from the conversation, terrified, of course, that he will be exposed and lives with that fear. Will they go away? Will they go on to another kid? Not likely. 
because you see you're already giving them stuff. So they're going to work on you and work on you and work on you. He considers telling a trusted adult and, and gets help. Now, that's number three. And this is what we would hope for our children, you know, that they would feel comfortable enough to find someone. Hey, this is what happened. This is what happened. It could be his parents. Maybe he's close enough to them. That would be nice. Um, It could be a coach at school. It could be maybe a teacher that he feels close to, another relative, someone like that. This is what we would hope. And then what do you do? You call the cops. And they get a hold of the FBI and other organizations that are dealing with this terrible problem where children are taking their lives. Okay. Number four, he becomes hopeless and can't see his way through this situation, so he takes his life like Ryan did. What a terrible thing. And I have written here that parents have to be better educated, and I'm hoping that a lot of people, even though, you know, I can see the screen, and there's a 310 area code number here. And, you know, whether you're listening, that's just fine. I just want you to absorb the information that I gather. Whether you have children or maybe you know someone who has children, let them listen to this. Because let me tell you something, everything goes into the archive. This show is recorded, and if you want to, you can scan, you you can uh, write down the scan number. That's 3304, 3304. And that's a good way because you go into the archives and you look for a 3304, okay, and, and you'll be able to find the show. And you'll be able to pass this information along because it is our thought at NASCA, and I'm very strong on this, that if we take the information that we know, if you do a lot of research like I do and you find all kinds of stuff, but you don't have to, I'm just saying, I have to love to do research, all right? But I find all kinds of things. And then I share it on the air. This is another way of stopping child abuse because the more educated that we become, we can then educate our children and maybe have less, you know, things like this poor kid who killed himself. Okay. This is really blowing me away. By the way, so this is Ryan's story. And that's another way that parents can approach their children by telling Ryan's story and telling them why they shouldn't go on the Internet and just chat to anybody, go into different platforms, go into different gaming rooms. And another thing, if someone's too friendly with you, or too friendly with you online, you don't even know this person. I I have someone who's chasing me right now, by God. (laughs) Hey, he looks like a good-looking guy. And I could say a whole bunch more things about him that I found out. But that doesn't mean that it's actually him. You have to explain that to children, too. Because people can put up phony type of pictures, and it may not be them at all. I know of a lady that went through this recently. 
She gave out a whole bunch of money to this guy. Oh, boy. All right. Well, I'm not going to be that lady, okay? <laughs> I won't do that. All right. By labeling sextortion as a crime and labeling Ryan as a victim, which is what he was, many times teens will open up about their own experiences that they have been through that is too embarrassing to tell. Now, you might get, maybe they didn't go as far as Ryan and some of the other kids who have, you know, committed suicide. Um, when kids commit suicide, I think a part of this gets me going because I was 17 when I tried. It had nothing to do with the Internet. It was other things. It's called abuse, abuse, abuse. And I, I said I had enough of this. I want out. <laughs> but I got caught. Yeah, I got caught. And I got pulled out of a house by my long blonde hair, which was very bleached. They called me the peroxide pirate. <laughs> and they helped me with my wrist that was bleeding profusely. And then we went on a merry way. I didn't go to the hospital, didn't tell anybody. Didn't really want to go back home before. I was being abused there. That's one of the places. But I needed a place to go, and so this friend of mine, she was living with us. She came home from a date early, didn't expect her, but she'd be out all night. And boy, was I surprised. So my mother was standing on one side saying, do it and do it right. And my stepfather was on the other side going, yeah, yeah. That's how I lived. That was part of my life, a little bit of it, just a taste. Now, this kid may have come from a good home, Brian. It's just that his parents didn't know enough about the Internet. And he didn't know about these things going on on the Internet. And he was so embarrassed. Think about how embarrassed you'd be. Lori, I know you're not a guy. <laughs> but think about if some guy wanted you to, to, you know, show your breasts or whatever. And you went along with it because you're a 17-year-old kid and you didn't know any better. Or a 15-year-old kid or a 14-year-old kid. And then you have all this stuff on your brain. How would that make you feel? Probably suicidal. I mean, like, we all know the effects that peer groups uh, have on each other. So it's their whole world. They don't even know past, you know, their teen years what's going ahead. So it really is their whole world, and people can't really handle it. I mean, these are really people that can't actually socialize in person type of people, that they have to go on the Internet, they need that extra attention, whatever it is that they're looking for, they find there, even though it's not, they don't know it because they're only that teenage age, you know, and haven't learned it. You know, what I think um, should happen, and I just met this person today, I found a youth group director, and uh, he takes care of like a whole lot of uh, kids. They're doing a um, camp out this weekend, He's telling me everything about how he is with the kids. And he's not that maybe 10 years older, I guess, than the kids, so he's closer to their age. So he's more up and in tune to how, you know, the world is and how to talk to people, and especially the kids. I think that the kids were probably, because they were too embarrassed to go to their parents, you know, with such a big age group, they they might go to the youth group uh and start talking. I think there needs to be people that have gone through it and uh, that they just talk to other people 
at the youngest and earliest age that they could start healing and make sense to these upcoming kids. Uh, I think those two, those kind of groups need to form uh, that, you know, information among kids themselves and a little bit of older kids. That's definitely um, one of the ways you can give the information to the kid, as, you know, as well as what you said. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, sometimes, um, well, we're not grown up at the age of 14, 15, 16, 17. We're just not. In fact, uh, as I've said before, the the psychiatrists and the doctors, a lot of all the studies show that um, the brain isn't completely formed until you're 25, 26 years old. And that part of the brain, okay, has to do with common sense. That seems to be the last thing that uh, that matures, okay, before a, a brain is fully formed. And uh, I think I know a lot of people don't have any common sense, and they're a lot older than that. But the point is this, that's what they say. So these kids, you know, if given a, a good youth leader, he can do wonders for them. He can be a person that they can look up to. Well, he can be a monster to them because they have found, studies show that they have found a lot of abuse happens at camp. It can happen at camp. They have plenty of uh, nights they sleep outside under the stars or under, they have their tents and stuff, whatever. And that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate because you think to yourself, where can these kids actually go where they're really truly safe? And the truth of the matter is um, there aren't too many places, you know, that you can go, you know, where children can go. Because remember, and I'm not telling you this, I'm telling, you know, the audience that are listening, pedophiles go where children go. That means schools. I had a pervert watching me at school. I didn't know. I was in New York. I was in Staten Island. He followed my city bus home. He found out where I lived. I was gone. He kept me for only three hours. I say only because, hey, some never come back, do they? You know, but that was bad enough. And I developed terrible panic disorder from what happened. Yeah. And, uh, of course, the police were involved in all kinds of stuff. And in those days, in those days, things were so different. Um, a little of it was okay, like, uh, they'd get a hold of a person like that, and they, the police themselves would actually beat the daylights out of them. You know, how dare you do that to a child? I know someone that watched that as a child because she had been assaulted. And um, then they took them in. Well, that's how they felt about it in those days. It's not that they feel terribly different about it today. It's just that our laws are so strange, very, very strange. And they themselves have to be careful. Otherwise, the person can turn it around and say, well, he beat me up, you know, and, and uh, try to sue the police department. I mean, I, mean <laughs> you know, I work detention. I know these things. So these are things that you have to keep in mind. And it's not doing any justice. It's not doing any justice for a, a child to be sexually abused and, um, or gang raped, for God's sake, and all the other things that can happen out there. 
and then the the pervert goes into jail, and he only gets a you know a slap on the wrist. Oh, he's only a first time offender. No, he's not. Studies show that those who do get caught and they say that they're first time offenders and they're not on the list. That's the only reason why they're first time offenders. But they have found out through studies that many times they have sexually abused at least 125 times before they were caught. What does that mean? Ten times with one kid, five times with another, 12 times with another. You do the math. You can jumble it up all you want. But come up to between 125 and 128 times. That's the truth. So I think the first-time offenders deserve the same sentence as any of them. Okay? That's what I believe. So, you see, I think we need to get much tougher in the system when it comes to child abuse, whether it be rape, whether it be physically abused, mentally, emotionally, those two go together, or or neglected, which kids are going around stealing money because they're hungry, and where they're stealing clothing because they don't have no clothes and things like that. And in cases where they're very poor, okay, it's a little different story. But in cases where children come from families, and maybe they're not liked as much as their brother or sister or whomever or whatever, or maybe their parents are alcoholics or drug addicts or both, and, and uh, to me that's the same thing. Anything that alters the brain, okay, is the same thing. It's a drug. I don't care if it's alcohol or if it's coke or what it is. I don't care what it is. Um, the point is this. Many times neglect comes in from that because the parents are so dysfunctional. Well, so then you have these kids out on the street and they go into the stores and they're, you know, they're trying to steal things so that they can, you know, and then maybe they're getting made fun of in school. The bullies are after them. I had bullies after me and I punched them in the nose, didn't I? Many a time. I was always a rough kid. But a lot of times kids aren't rough. And what do they do? They end up committing suicide. Well, I tried it. Because I'd had enough. I felt 90 at the age of 17, okay? Because my abuse started at the age of 6, and I saw a terrible abuse at the age of 4 with uh, domestic violence. I saw enough. So there's a lot that I had to recover from, and you don't recover overnight. And uh, no one can just say to anyone, well, just forget about it. We go through our own grieving process because we see people out there, which you've mentioned, I think it was on even the last show. We see people out there and we feel that they're coming from normal homes. They're not coming from normal homes. You don't know that for sure because what's on the other side of the door when they go home? You don't know what happens inside of a person's home unless you're living there, okay? But still in all, as a child, you know, you see a family, you see a mother, you see a father, you see the kids, they're all happy, they're having ice cream cones, <laughs> whatever. Um, they're getting ready to go on a family vacation, and they're going up a mountain and all this other stuff, and the dog's head is hanging out the window, you know. All these things, like the leave it to beaver time, as I like to, you know, say. Um, no, homes aren't always like that, all right. In fact, studies show that many of them are dysfunctional one way or another or many times too often 
a lot of those things are happening in one family, and they keep their mouths shut. So you're seeing this is what we're trying so hard is to bring forth that awareness. Now, it's coming through more, Lori, and Philip. Philip knows this, too. It's coming through more now because of shows like this and because people are writing their books. Mine made it to Japan. I'll say it every once in a while. It made me really happy and proud. I admit it. And then it got in the down under. I don't know where it is now. I'm not looking for it. And uh, But that was my payment because people then understand the physical, the mental, the emotional, the sexual, all the neglects that there are and neglect itself. And this is what we're trying to get out there so that um, people can have a better understanding, you know, those that come from good homes, those who don't have the education that we have. And that can be street smarts and education, okay? And we make the best teachers. So this is what we should be doing. When you're ready to, people do this. They go out and they give their presentations. They go out and they show their videos. They make up their songs. My son made the song for this show, the theme song. And I like to say this once in a while because it makes me proud. But I'm a proud mommy. I love my kids. But my my son, his friend who played bass, played with the Rolling Stones. Okay? And that really would just hit me really hard and heavy because he played with the Rolling Stones name. Oh, he just played bass. So you see... We do music or artwork, we blog, um, we do shows like this, videos, all kinds of things to bring forth awareness. Now, with this border issue that's going on, I hate to say this, but that's bringing forth awareness now. Uh, It took many years because don't forget, I've been on this show for almost 14 years. And then I was on a show for two years before that, another show. So 16 years I've been on the radio. I'm at home. This is so easy for me to do. And I have to say that when I wrote my book, I didn't feel anything. I had no emotions. And it was my story. No one's going to tell me how to write my book because it happened. And I went through it. I didn't use real names. I knew better than that. I'm not stupid. Okay. So anyway, this is what we do on this show because I know the 310 area code. I'm not. I don't recognize that number, but I just want you to know what we do here. Okay, let me get back to this. Again, let your children support your children for God's sake. If your children are feeling close enough to you to tell them something like this, even if it's because they're in desperation mode. Now, nah, believe me, I get it. I, I'd, I'd be freaking out too. Um, Don't scream at them. Don't yell at them. Don't tell them they're stupid. This can happen to anyone. I want to make that clear. This is something, though, that these rings out here, they target the 14 to 17-year-old group. Okay. Um, Let's see. They should actually, once they start getting into this and, and they're having problems, you make that phone call to the FBI or you contact them the other way that I said. And I'll read that again in a few minutes. Um, Kids have to block and delete strangers. That's just the way it is. So then they say, well, how are we supposed to meet anybody if we're going to block and delete strangers? 
Do you know that person? No. That's why you have to block and delete strangers. Don't give out personal information, ever. Where you live or anything else, ever. Remember that because someone poses as a cute and friendly person, they not may not be a good person at all. Okay. Be suspicious if they ask you to move from one platform to another. That's because they want you all to themselves. See, they want to do their thing. Okay. Like moving from Instagram chat to Discord or Discord. I don't know what that is. Discord for videos. Okay. Never turn on your camera for strangers. I'm going to repeat that again. Because so often kids, they get into that mode. They want to be they want to be popular. They want people to see that they're cute and all this other stuff, especially if they are, all right? So, um, but don't do that. Don't turn a camera on for strangers. Don't ever do that. Because then they really have an idea of what you look like. Keep your social media accounts private. Keep them private because these perverts, these monsters, are out there all the time trying to get into people's accounts, all right? And they're going to follow the social media people that you know. Keep your GPS and location off on your phone. Why? Because in that way they can't track you, right? Philip, isn't that so? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good idea. I'll see that. I'll say that again. Keep your GPS and location off on your phone. Okay. If a sextortion has already happened to you, tell a trusted adult, a counselor. I'm a counselor. Call me up. We'll talk about it. I got all this information now. I'm giving it to you. Uh, coach teachers by telling this will help law enforcement identify the offender, potentially preventing countless others' incidents from happening, and that's called sexual exploitation. Because that's what it is, it's sexual exploitation. Tell more kids about Ryan's story. Parents learn Ryan's story. It isn't very hard. When adults are caught trying to commit coercion, a child to produce what is considered child sexual abuse material carries heavy penalties, which can include up to life imprisonment. Now, that's good, up to life imprisonment. The telephone number, again, for the FBI, and I want people to write this down, it can happen to anybody, but they target the teenager. That's why it's child abuse. 1-800-CALL-FBI. Now, that's the contact information, and it can be found at www.fbi.gov. I'll read that again. It can be found at www.fbi. Dot gov, and that's the uh, center. It's a center for things like this where people can call, and you can also call the missing and exploited children 
They're a part of this too. They're trying to track these monsters just as much as the others. And that number is 1-800-THE-LOST. 1-800-THE-LOST. Or cybertipline.org. There's another one, cybertipline.org. Now that gives you a choice. You have three choices there. If you don't want to talk to the FBI and you feel weird or whatever, you don't like it, you can call the missing and exploited children, 1-800-THE-LOST, or the org. So that's three areas there that you can call and you can speak to people, and they're, believe me, they want, the, they want to catch people like this. They'll do anything to catch people like this because we're losing too many kids. We just simply are. And it says here also, do not delete any pictures or conversations until the FBI has a chance to look at it. They need all that they can get, all right, to catch these monsters. So anything that you've done, don't be embarrassed, okay? I mean, I can't tell you not to be embarrassed. Of course, you're going to be a little bit embarrassed. Don't feel stupid because it happens to a lot of people. It can happen to adults, too. They get into these chat rooms, and they think, well, I'll wear a real scoopy blouse. That's what I'll do. <laughs> or maybe the guys will think, well, I'll wear real tight jeans. I'll do this, and, and I'll puff my chest up, and they'll think I'm real handsome and all this other stuff. People do these things. They do it. Okay. And they do it because they're lonely, and they do it because they want to meet someone. <clears throat> There's nothing, um, you know, unnatural about that. It's just called being a human, all right? So, you know, I want people to have a better understanding of what this is. The Center for Online Safety, that's what that is. That last one I gave you is also Center for Online Safety. There are very good, I didn't have much time because I didn't know uh, Michelle wasn't going to, you know, come on and stuff like that. But um, So I threw this together, but I have a lot of information here, so it's okay. So I'm trying to get across, you know, the importance of having this information and how to handle it, how to handle your children. And for God's sake, adults learn too because how would you like it if it happened to you? Okay. But always keeping in mind, they want those teenage boys. That's what they really want. Now, there was um, on the news. Now, I, I always know of Fox 5, okay? Um, but on, what was it called? Fox 9. I, I didn't know. No, 5 p.m. news. Yeah, Fox 9. Uh, uh, August 30th this year, 23. There was a newscaster there. Her name was Ricky, R-I-K-K-I. Ricky, you may be able to find this. I found it, so you may be able to find it. R-I-K-K-I-S-C-H-O-T-T. Now, that's her name, Ricky Schlott. I don't know how to say it, but anyway, that's her name. 5 p.m. News, Fox 9, okay? And what that is, what she had was she had a whole, um, oh, I guess it was a minute long, if that, um, video speaking about this and the suicides rates of children that are going up. 
just think how you'd feel if you if you lost a child. Oh my God, how bad would that be? Okay. So on 8:30 again, 23, there were two teen sons who had committed suicide. Now this is on the New York Post. So you see, these are things here that people have to become truly aware of. Truly aware of if if they want to uh, help their children, keep their children safe, and all this other stuff. Um, the internet is a wonderful thing. We all can use it. We all need it. Um, we at NASCA certainly use it every single day. Um, you know, there's all kinds of reasons why it's so important to you know to have the internet. Kids use it for school. You know, to look up things. They're given you know things that they have to do. So it, it's really important for it to be there. However, you have to keep in mind that as a parent, okay, as a parent, we have to teach them things, and that means that we have to learn ourselves. So I think I gave out a lot of information there. What do you think? Definitely, and I soaked that right up. It is one sad world out there, and it's not going to change by turning someone's head, so... The information has to be forced out. One of the things that's as important as anything else, the kids should know. you got to watch these kids. A lot of them, of course, these days, they're freer because the parents are working. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, at night they're so exhausted they're sleeping. So Mm -hmm. there's just not a lot of supervision, and it can't be helped because that's just the way the world is. It's been like that for quite a while. I believe that's when things really started to go wrong. Kids need somebody around them um, not to be sent you know, to a babysitter and after school to hold them until it comes home. I like to leave it to Beaver days when mom stayed home. There's a whole bunch of those shows. And those kids always came out successful. You know, people I know that can do it where mom and whatnot raised the, the typical family from way back when we were younger. Those those families are rare. So, you know, it's the times. It's the times of what parents have to do and part of what their job now, even though they didn't realize it when they had their kids, is to monitor them on the computers, add that to their list. It's as important as clothes and food. So the information that you've already given out is vital, in my opinion. I think it is, too. And, you know, I learned a lot because I didn't know all that. I knew some of it, but I didn't know all of it, okay? I just simply didn't. And um, so I'm learning, too, by just doing, you know, the, the type of work that I do for, you know, for NASCA and for myself, learn that way. But, you know, people have to understand. Now, someone was talking about PTSD, okay, on one of the uh, other sites that I was on today. And, um, yeah. All right, so I want to talk a little bit about complex PTSD because I'm done with that, those articles that I just uh, read off. I think I blew people away. With. But, you know, I sometimes we have to be rough. We have to tell people like it is. We just simply do. 
so that they can learn. And who knows? Maybe maybe they know someone in their family who's constantly on, you know, and, and uh, doing all kinds of things. Uh, kids. I'm talking about kids here. Because, like you said, things are different today. We have we need more money to live. Both parents are out working. That's not like the leave it to beaver days, okay? Um, mommy in the kitchen, daddy reading a newspaper, and um, the kids playing on the floor and watching TV. That's it was lovely, I'm sure. I didn't see too much of that, did you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. But that's that's the way it was, you know, years ago. But um, someone asked me about complex PTSD, and I have to uh, explain that because people can suffer from PTSD. Of course, Lori, you already know this. And um, that's a hard enough thing to deal with in itself. It is. And it can be for any reason. Um, of course, that came to be because of war years ago, even though, like during World War II, um, the soldiers came back and they were suffering from PTSD, and that's when they first started to recognize it. The DSM-5, which we have today, which is really for the AMA, the American Medical Association, um, they started to recognize you know, post-traumatic stress disorder and certainly acknowledged it as a disorder and all the things that went with it, and people were able to get help. And then if they didn't have insurance, they made sure that they could go to, like, the VA or something. And um, the VA would help them, hopefully. Um, my uncle was in World War II. He came back with PTSD. Um, his VA in his area, upstate New York, I hate to say that, but upstate New York, they, they didn't have a good VA, okay? And... Um, I think he could have gotten better help if he'd had that help that he needed. Um, he wasn't a bad man. He was a good man. But he saw World War II because he was in it, okay? So he came back with um, a lot of it. Now, what does complex PTS look like in adults? Number one, adults who suffer from complex PTSD they walk around with a feeling many times with emptiness and hopelessness. They can certainly have that. You know, um, I had complex PTSD and clinical um, depression. That's what I was diagnosed with before I started working in the field. And these people will help me, Lori. They maybe want to work in the field, and they helped me get into the field. I knew some good people. Now. The emptiness, and a lot of times, too, people talk about that feeling of being outside of their body or, or feeling strange. Like um, I mentioned at times, I can be in a room with 50 people, and maybe I know all 50 of them, okay, or at least a good part of them. And yet when I walk into the room, I get a strange feeling that comes over me because I know that all eyes are going to turn and look at me because I'm coming into the room. Well, the mind doesn't process that way because when you suffer from complex PTSD, um, you're always, like, traumatized. You always have that. You're getting ready to fight in that fight mode, okay, the fight mode because of what we've been through, how we were, you know, taught as a child. 
um, seen so much domestic violence. I mean, I have a tremendous amount of, of uh, hypervigilance. I, I laugh about it, but it's funny that if I open up a cupboard and a, a cup falls out, I can catch it in midair before it even even thinks about hitting the counter or the floor. Okay? <laughs> That's the way I am. That's with my uh, right hand, not my left hand anymore. Thank you very much. But, you know, the point is um, I'm very hypervigilant. And I laugh. I say I talk so fast because I'm from New York. So are you. But you don't talk as fast as I do. <laughs> All right? <Yeah>. So <laughs> it, can, it can cause, you know, like people to talk fast. That's hypervigilance. Um, and it's from complex PTSD, okay? And then it has the satellite things that come off of that, like hypervigilance. So when I go into a restaurant, just letting people know this, when I go into a restaurant, um, I don't look for the ladies' room. I look for the exit sign. And why is that? Because we were always running away. We were running away. And we felt fearful because we should feel fearful because of the things that we went through and what we saw. Now, I admit some of the fights that I saw, it reminded me of the Three Stooges, and I'd laugh. <laughs> I mean, they'd look so stupid. And, um, you know, so there were some fights that I saw that actually I found humor in, but it wasn't funny. They shouldn't have been fighting like that. Didn't pick up a gun, even though there were many guns around them, like I've said before. Um, we have a couple of people listening tonight that haven't been on, so I just want to, um, you know, to let them know this. You don't always have to pick up a weapon when you fight. In those days, they were coming. Those people were much older than me. I was just a kid. And and uh, they were brought up to fist fight. So you'd te- see teeth flying, you know, noses getting popped and, and, and things like that, getting slapped in the head and all this. And um, that's how they fought back then. I want to make it very clear. I believe in self-defense. This is me speaking now. I believe in, in self-defense. And if someone were to come after me, if they were to come after me, um, I would have to do what I have to do. And I, we have that right, Lori. Okay. No one has to be beaten up. We had to learn that, didn't we? No one has, you know, to be go through a lot of the things that we've gone through. There are today... There are good shelters. There are. And women out there, make yourself a pack, put your driver's license in it, and, you know, make a copy. Put a set of car keys in there, make a copy, and a house key. Um, Add money to it. You have children. um, Then what you do is you, uh, it's a good idea to have copies of birth certificates and all that stuff. And um, so that you have what you need, your important papers your important papers. And if you can, at times, you know, add money to it. Absolutely add money to it. And then if you need to leave because you're not safe, you can certainly go to that pack and and get the heck out of there. And if there's only one car, because um, we're talking about domestic violence in the month of October heavily, because that's Domestic Violence Month, brought forth uh, 1984 from Ronald Reagan, He decided that that should be the month, okay, for domestic violence. And and that would be in April, okay, of 1984 that was decided upon. So anyway, 
if you have yourself prepared, it's easier to leave. And if there's only one car, oh, well. If that person is beating you up, wait until he passes out or whatever the heck else he does, um, and take the car and get out of there because no one has a right to beat us up, you know, whether you're male or whether you're female, it doesn't matter because they're finding out more now in studies, too, that women can be just as abusive as men, but there's not quite as many. But there's a lot more than what we thought. And that blew me away to to read that and see that. So this emptiness that people feel when they suffer from complex PTSD and hopelessness, it's a part of, of certainly being depressed. And, it, you know, the psychiatrists uh, recognize that um, an altered states that make up trauma response. We've spoken about altered states. Altered states is, of course, like what we feel, yes, and then there are those that have many, um, well, in the olden days, they called it MPV, the multiple personality disorder, D, not V, multiple version, but today we call it dissociating, and that can be an altered state. And that's not a terrible thing. I'm just saying that many people who have complex post-traumatic stress disorder do suffer also from that. So that's from August of 4 of 23. Everything I have here is current. And people have never heard, they hear of fight, flight, and freeze, but they don't know about fawn. And so this is the second time now that I'm mentioning it because that's the newest one that the ASM has in it is fawn, F-A-W-N. And that's people who try too hard to please other people. They're seeking their approval all the time because they have such low self-esteem, okay? And and that's that's um, that's sad too. Many times they have loss of self, okay? They don't know who they are, what they're supposed to be doing, um, what can they do to make themselves better, and all this other stuff because they're too busy pleasing other people. Okay, they don't know who the heck they are anyway. So if they please other people, then people are going to like them in return. You see, that's how you get people to like you. This is what they think. And there's some truth in that. However, it has to be a give and take type of situation. Otherwise, people like that, yeah, they get used. Yes, they do. And that's a bad thing, too. Um, They lose sense of self, yes, may neglect your own personal needs, and that means health. A lot of times we don't go to the doctors, you know, when we need to go. Um, I personally don't like doctors. <laughs> a lot of times they've been wrong, Lori, you know what I'm saying? So I kind of like form my own opinion, and that's not too good because I'm not a doctor. No, I don't do that. But... And the point is we do have to, you know, respect that we can certainly take better care of our bodies. We can eat better, um, exercise more. If you're fit, you can do this and, and all this other stuff. Now, the people with the complex post-traumatic stress disorder, there's no time limit on how long that's going to last. I don't have it anymore. I developed an attitude where I just said, I don't give a damn. 
okay? And in the course of training my brain, which I read an article about a couple days ago, to change the brain pattern waves of how we think, we can do it if we do it enough. I'm not saying that people go around um, like strawberry shortcake, my little girl. <laughs> everything is lovely. Oh, no, because everything isn't lovely. I, I get it, all right? It's just not like that. It's not like that. But to try and, and calm yourself down, do calming exercises, meditation I believe in, Lori, because I will drop my shoulders as I'm speaking now, and I can feel my whole body relax. Many times we walk around, and our shoulders are way up by our ears, for God's sake, and you don't even realize it. Or you're sitting there, you don't realize how tense you are, okay? I can't do as much as I used to do because of the injury that I acquired in my left arm. I can't even raise my shoulder up that high, but my right arm is up there on the right hand. Yeah, absolutely. So we have to learn things to um, look forward to. You have a tremendous amount of talent. With all of the, um, the the things that you do, my God, your artwork, the way you do it, with your beading, I've shown the things that you've given me uh, to other people, and they just stand there, huh? <laughs> How'd she do that? Okay, <laughs> they want to know. I so, said, I don't know. I didn't do it. You have to ask her. You know. So hey, that's you know, how messed so, up I am. <laughs> well, that's you're doing a lot of energy. That's how well, I relax. That's how you relax. And I see a lot of people don't have that. I used to be a runner. I used to, everything was athletic. Um, but I, I don't do that anymore. And then also, too, um, music. I love music. I love music. And uh, music can, you know, I use it so often to relax and to make me feel better. And then I walk around the house and I sing at the top of my lungs and I don't care who hears me, you know, because I don't give a damn. I've gotten a different type of attitude of what's important, what's not important. What is important is that we learn to love ourselves. Now, people say, oh, I've heard that for years. eh?" Well, what's there to love about me? Well, if you can't find something to love about yourself, go out and start helping people. Okay, and you know what? You'll learn very much to like yourself just by doing that. Now, you can go into shelters, you can work there with people, you can go into soup kitchens. Um, Thanksgiving is coming. People say to me, Carol, uh, I still have a large family, and we're all going to get together, but there's people there that I don't want to see. I know what they're talking about. I didn't want to see my brother. Unfortunately, he and I were at the same table all the time, and uh, he'd kick me and I'd kick him on the table. <laughs> That's what we do because he was one of my abusers. I didn't want to see him. And there's a couple other people who were very iffy. That takes away from the family gathering fun, Okay. And I, I was giving, um, I've given a lot of presentations, and one a lady stood up. And she brought this point up, and since Thanksgiving is going to be the next holiday, um, she asked if she had to go, if I thought she had to go, you know, to the family dinner. 
she said she hates going because she sees people who abused her too much. Well, I know what I think about that. What do you think about it? I basically cut them off um, when my son was young from every single holiday, any kind of event, even funerals, anything. Totally cut them off. I just walked out. I said, I don't want my kid to know what I know. So it has been the three of us for ever since. It's like the last 40 years. Um, and and the bird for Thanksgiving. This is the first year I'm actually going to have a turkey because I get very upset when I see a dead animal um, on my kitchen table or my dining room table. So we usually don't have that. <laughs> but since we're in right. the new house, we decided we're going to do it. So it's quiet, it's peaceful. We get to you know do the best with the three of us throughout the day. I don't have to exert myself having to deal with people that I wouldn't want to see, you know, um, because I was truly serious when I cut them off. I never let them back in, and I don't regret that. I mean, that was a way for me to heal, get rid of the toxic people, you know, Mm -hmm. just meant small family gatherings, the three of us, that's it. I'm satisfied. Well, I think that's a good way of putting it, because um, when you go, I mean, this lady was really fretting about it, and um, my answer to her was, if they make you feel uncomfortable, stay away from them. See, you know, go see some of your your family a couple days before and a couple days after. Eat the leftovers, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? I'd rather do that than than see... um, Toxic people anymore I just won't do it In my family Now my family's gotten very small Okay Because I was next to the youngest Now I take that back There was one younger than me Yeah one younger than me Yeah two younger than me In my family That's it All the rest of them are are, If any of them are still alive There might be one And uh, that was one of my abusers The other's were born like 1900 or something. Seriously. 1910, whatever. In New York, in New York City. They they uh, were born and raised in, in Long Island and um, other places, Brooklyn, I think. Um, yeah, around that area, those areas there. And um, then they moved to Jersey, and that's how we all ended up over here. And then I moved back to Staten Island. Again, so I was in New York several times, but the point is, the point is this, you know, there was a lot of people, and a lot of them were not nice people. They're the ones that made me laugh when they'd fight, (laughs) because they looked so stupid. Yeah, they really did. Other times, it was horrifying, because they meant business, okay? So... These are the things that are traumatic to children. That's the idea of, you know, the post-traumatic stress disorder. And if it's complex, you see something that is, you know, repetitive, repetitive. That's what makes it complex, post-traumatic stress disorder. 
and uh, with the soldiers out there and with all this stuff that are going on, and now we have our, our guys over, you know, over there where they shouldn't be. I don't want to go any further than that because I'm not supposed to be political. Hello. This is the world we live in. But, you know, we see, we see, they see a lot of people dying. So they're going to come back with PTSD, a whole bunch of them, all right? Now, none of us can say how long this is going to last. I don't know what's going to happen next. But I, I do know what I see in front of me. And and this is something that where people who never had post-traumatic stress disorder before, they see all the people fighting, all the things happening out in the street, people being afraid to walk on the streets, you know, um, people going in to the stores and just taking what they want, as long as it's under $1,000, it's not grand larceny, okay? How about $995? Hey, Lori, you want to go out and do that? $995 we can spend. What do you think? That's going to take us about an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. I mean, nothing's going to happen to us. We're not going to go to jail. Or if we do, we might for just a few days. Yeah, I think I could live with that. <laughs> hey, if if it happens on a on a weekend, okay, you don't see the judge until Monday. That's the way it works. That was detention. I know. I being working there, I learned an awful lot. So that could be um, like a night out for me from here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. You know, I mean, what has this world turned into? Think about the the store owners. Okay, what they go through, and they were they were actually told not to fight back because they might have weapons, and they might. All right, so they just go in, they take what they want, and then they leave. What is this? This is crazy. It's crazy. So people who are walking down the street, whether they're young, whether they're old, whether they're in the middle age, whatever. That, you know, it's not a good idea to walk alone. I want to tell people that don't walk alone, not anymore. I mean, I'm not saying if you have two other people with you, it's going to keep you 100% safe. No, because you don't know what's going to happen anymore. But you're certainly a lot safer than walking alone, okay? Older women and men, their targets, the elderly. Um, teenagers, their targets. Okay? And certainly young children shouldn't be out by themselves either. I mean, that doesn't even make sense. So this is the world that we live in, and we have to acclimate ourselves, you know, to keep ourselves safer. And by doing so, um, maybe we'll see five years from now, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they got to do an update in five years. I want to see where our future is going. Well, where it's least, gone. Yeah. And I really hope it gets better. <laughs> what we're doing here, you know, it's got to reach and sink in with some people. It has to. That's that's what we need. So in five years would be a good mark to go back and check. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, let me tell you something. Um, yeah, I don't know where I got the five from, but I think it is a good idea to see what we're doing in five years. 
And um, let's just hope we're still here in five years. <laughs> you know, I mean, well, well, that's why I picked five years. <laughs> Well, yeah, you're not saying 10 years, (laughs) no, but let let me tell you something. Um, That damn red button, you know, if someone gets badly, you're really, really mad enough, that's that's the end of uh, civilization. You push the red button, as they call it, and you don't know because the power struggle is so heavy now, the power struggle. One nation against nation after nation. By the way, that's in the Bible. Nation against nation against nation. So, you see, you have things that, um, you know, life isn't so much fun anymore. If you can find ways to um, find fun, if you're a bowler, go out and bowl. Um, Keep yourself busy. Do things that, you know, that make you happy, you know, in, in that sense. Because we don't know what tomorrow brings. We don't know what next week brings because of the state of the country and the state of the world. We only know that um, in the time that we have left, whether it's 10 years, 15 years, (laughs) 20 years, um, or 5 years, we have to start taking better care of ourselves and start looking for happiness in our life. Because we weren't put on this earth to be unhappy. We just simply weren't. Uh Uh-uh. My mother, who was an atheist, she used to say to me, and I can say this on air, but she used to say to me, if there was a God, why does he allow for hunger? Why does he allow for murder? Why does he allow for all these things out there that happen? Okay. It wasn't God. It's the people who are acting out. Okay. It's the people who are acting out, Lori. There's unfortunately a lot of bad people. We know right from wrong. And most of them, unless they're sociopaths or psychopaths, know what's right and what's wrong. The psychopaths, well, they'll go out and they'll kill and do whatever they want to do, and they don't care, and they'll do it and do it until they get caught. And they always think that they're much smarter and no one will catch them. The sociopaths are a little less violent, a little less. Would I trust them? No. Okay. Knowing because of where places, again, where I have worked, I've seen this. So it's um, these people are out on the street because so many of the mental facilities, the hospitals and, and other things, satellite divisions have been closed down. Why? So you put a lot of violent people out on the street, people who have psychiatric conditions. Maybe a lot of them aren't actually volatile, but they're still psychiatric and they have their needs. And um, and they do things that aren't right, too. So this is what we're living with right now. So we don't need this Internet baloney on top of it all, okay, that I just, you know, covered today. We don't need it in our lives. We just simply don't. So what I can do is just, you know, tell people the things that I learned, and and hopefully, hopefully, they'll listen and they'll teach their children so that their their children will be safer. It's so, so important. I think our show is over. 
What hmm. time do you have? That's a good one. 923. Okay, thank you. What is it? 923. Uh, you see, my clock says you're 935. Boy, is it screwed up. Well... The the show lasted. I don't have my TV set yet. Thank you very much. Aww. I know. <sighs> and uh, what a thing to happen. So I don't have TV, so I'm going to have to call them back and uh, tell them that, you know, something's wrong somewhere. But yeah, at least I can the, get uh, my sleep tonight so. uh, for you. Well, I always have phone calls that come in, and it, which is all right. I, I put myself out there as a night owl. I'm a night owl anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, so it, doesn't, it doesn't bother me that much, you know. Yeah. So. You handle everything really well. Take well, it in stride. Yeah. And nobody well, would know tonight how tired you are. You did one awesome well, show. I am As very always. tired. Yeah, well, you're a sweetheart for saying that. Thank you. I'll pay you later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me and my wife ass mouth. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. I I, may, I crack myself up. I do. I come out. I get this thought that goes through my head, and then I can say it to other people. You know, I <laughs> make them laugh. But um, now you need the break. Well, Lori, you know, um, you do very well too. Okay. Oh, I've had a lot of co-hosts. Listen to me. I've had a lot of co-hosts, whether they're assigned to me or, or they just you know came by like you did and do. Um, but you always have a lot to offer too. All right, and that's good. I'm I'm really thankful to have you as a co-host. I think you're great. Yeah, I do. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, I kind of think we're more more like frickin' frack, you know? It just kind of fits. It's a fit. It's a good fit. Mm -hmm. I sort of know what to do. I just follow your cue, and it works. It's smooth. I throw in the laughter because I can't contain myself like you. <laughs> Some things really do strike me funny. <laughs> like this five years <laughs> and no, I'm not going to be alive that long. <laughs> I want to know what wow. it's going to be like until like before I'm dead. <laughs> oh, my God. Listen to you. Listen to you. None of it. Listen, tomorrow is not promised, okay? So we only have today, right? Yeah, that's true. What, that's what they say, okay? Oh, I've got to so, see for tomorrow. <laughs> Oh my God! Well, that's already saying know, something. We we have to make um, the best of what we have, and um, that goes even if if the the world wasn't so crazy right now, because um, we can only really live for you know today. We really that's the truth of the matter. We can have goals, um, and and certainly have you know plans for parties and family gatherings that are good. And uh, go on vacations, and wouldn't it be nice to be able to go on a vacation and not worry about if you're going to come back or not? <laughs> oh, no. It'd be nice just to go on a vacation. <laughs> well, <laughs> how long was that? Yeah, you forgot. Uh, I only had one in in forty years. Oh my god! Vacation. Yeah, that's a true story. We're going to have to change that. We're going to have to change that, Lori. You're going to have to come out here. <laughs> And, um, oh, I plan on it, yeah. Well, let me get my foot operated on and, uh, and let me heal. And, uh, oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Go out dancing. Oh, wow. Oh, well, yeah. I'll go out singing. You can dance. Like, oh, God, it'll be like Gumby legs. I can't even. 
No, I can't stand on the leg because the broken ribs. My legs are getting weaker. I'm like, by the time this rib heals, I won't be able to walk. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the way my foot is right now, I don't know if I could even get into a pair of heels. I wouldn't want to, believe me. Oh, my God. No, I never did. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I love tears. I used to run in them. I, I used to mow the yard in them. I was crazy. Hold on. <coughs> Sorry. Um, Man, I can't even get wet wedge sneakers. I need total flat. I need total, yeah. total flat. So, yeah, I put in uh, a little bit of a heel, and I fell down the hill. <laughs> That's what oh, happened. No. <laughs> Last time I had about a little bit of a heel, I fell down a flight of stairs. So, oh, my yeah. God. Oh, my God. I need flat. Well, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm too short. My daughter and I are about the same height now. And uh, okay. she's... Yeah, I get that. You're yeah, small. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was 5'4 at one time. Now I'm about 5'2". Hold on. <coughs> I'm allergic to my cat. Yeah, and I, I adore that. her. <laughs> and she makes me cough, she makes me sneeze, and she looks at me and she sneezes too, and she goes, I you and when I sneeze, I go, I hell. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, sinus problems. But our show is over. I'm glad you, and you know, got something out of that. I wanted people to learn that we have to be safer on the Internet. We just simply mm-hmm. do. Yeah, and they had a show children. in Hawaii. Hawaii Five O, and I was watching it before it ended. This is the second one where they briefly touched on this on the show, and right. I was like, "Oh, finally, somebody you know got it out there." More shows well, need to come. We have to, we have to get it out there if we want to keep our children safer, and um, and you know it's good for us to know that too. Adults shouldn't be doing that stuff there anyway, but <laughs> some of them do. True. You know what I'm saying? I see some weird things. But um, with the kids, yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. anyway, i got to close this down now. i got to shut us down. And um, thank, you. thank you so much for being on. Mm-hmm. I feel it just hung okay. up a little while ago, like five minutes ago. And the okay. gal from 310 or whatever, she hung up just a little while ago too. So I hope they got a lot of information out there. I hope so. Yeah. They did. Yeah. All right, so yeah. you just take it easy. Hope you get the thing straightened out. You know, so you can get back into your relaxing mode. Your relaxing you go mode. Into. Yeah, yeah, I need it. I need it. Mm-hmm. Okay, sweetheart, I'll talk to you soon, all right? Okay, do Talk Bye-bye. to you later. Bye-bye. I'm Love Talk Radio.